in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Taylor Sokol, and joined by my co-host, Chris Dewar. This episode, we are reviewing the Revival limited series, Dexter New Blood, developed for Showtime as a continuation of the original series, Dexter. Uh, and this was developed by not only the original series, but our showrunner Clyde Phillips, directed by Marcos Siga. Now, right off the bat, if you listen to this, hopefully you have been introduced to the world of Dexter. The original series ran eight seasons, and this Dexter would be considered technically kind of the ninth season. The story is set 10 years after the events of the original series finale, uh, which was broadcasted back in 2013. So literally, yeah, 10 years, uh, almost and but chronologically in this series so before we get into that this will be a spoiler warning spoiler warning uh, we can't <laughs> go any further without clarifying that and you know stating that what's very interesting about going into series like this i think chris and i have noticed um, well not just us and hopefully there's other people in the world there's billions of people but there has been kind of a call to bring back and revamp series whether it's kind of like a reboot soft reboot or complete you know continuation of that world um this is a great idea that not many shows um end great i think finale is a tough thing to land we've seen that with some of the greatest finales or the most puzzling from you know sopranos breaking bad seinfeld uh to game of thrones and whatnot it's sometimes hard hard to stick the landing and now between chris and i i i saw the entire of the original series um, at least twice. And I know Chris finished up around after what season four was it or season three? I saw through season four. Okay, gotcha. So really kind of when the pinnacle of the series was, I think in my book, and a lot of people agree. Yeah, I remember starting season five and I, I kind of tuned down a bit because I think once again when you're watching so many things and you you know, life's going on, you're working, it's hard to keep up. And I liked Dexter a lot. I think it was a fun show to watch. I mean, obviously it's got its creepy side by far, but it's a fascinating character. And <clears throat> clearly, as we've talked about with former shows and movies that kind of highlight these villainous characters and make you sympathetic towards them, there was something about you kind of were okay with going along the lines of, well, he's killing people, but he's killing people that are really bad people. But the thing is, he's always just along the line of getting caught. So it's also what he does to make sure he doesn't get caught. But even I heard that the finale of this show of Dexter, the original show Dexter after eight seasons was uh, disappointing for some, you know, I think some maybe really enjoyed it. Uh, but, you know, how are you going to end that show, you know, end the cycle for him? Is the character giving up his life? Is he, is he going to be done with his ways? Where would he go? And I all I remember hearing really was that like it was like Dexter basically gives up his life to go become a lumberjack was like the <laughs> was the vibe that I got. And I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, They're like, yeah, he moves up to like, you know, get out of Miami and he's like in the snow area. And I was like, interesting. But 
if you think about it, it's like if you're going to get away to try to live a, you know, maybe do better, I guess you'd want to go as far from your original area. But, you know, Taylor, we talked about this a little bit. It's like this character that, again, has this code and he's doing this for certain reasons. How many times can he do this stuff without really being caught? Or, or really kind of learning like a lesson. And it was kind of like, um, I feel like there was the series dragged on where it couldn't really, you couldn't keep repeating the same storylines. And also showrunner uh, Clyde Phillips, he helmed only the first four seasons left after that. And I think once he left there, I think there was a bit of decline with the character of where to go with that. So I uh, was very excited to see where this went off. Now we said this is set, you know, 10 years later, a little bit of a premise. So after he faked his death years ago, he moved to this small town of Iron Lake, New York. And he's hiding in this identify, uh, a different identity, excuse me, under the name of Jim Lindsay, which is a tribute to Jeff Lindsay, who was the author of the novels, which the series is based off of. So he kind of runs a little sporting goods store, um, and he's got a relationship with the town's chief of police, uh, which I guess he just, he likes to blur that line of skirting, uh, you know, tempting fate. Uh, and he's been kind of repressing his urges to kill. Um, and which I thought repressing was very, his dark passenger, yeah, his dark passenger. Um, and so what I fun, fun stuff about this already, like, you know, in the big part of the series was his, um, his father figure, uh, Harry kind of always came to him like an imaginary character to, to speak with him. Uh, we have Jennifer Car- Carpenter back as his sister, as like kind of his new kind of dark passenger, which I thought was a really great, you know, take. It was a little very different of how she kind of comes in a little bit more, very Deb-like, um, so that he speaks to. Mostly annoying. I will say I got annoyed by that very early on only because it was a constant like, you're going to, you're going to show him. You're going to. And I was like, she's always blurred the line for me. Even when the, the first four scenes I saw of being a good actress and a really annoying actress. Well, over actress, I guess you could say over actor. over actress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just very emotional and very like, uh, but I, I got what they're going for. You know, it's again, he has repressed his dark passenger. He has not killed anyone in this 10 year time. He's just trying to live a better life and no one knows who he truly is. And we also get that there is something going on in this town of, you know, it's like you can't go anywhere and expect there not to be some kind of dark deed going on. And we know that there is someone in this uh, area that is definitely doing some bad stuff. Yeah, as we see that the chief is investigating these disappearances for years. These, these missing women. women have been for years and years. And even her best friend uh, went missing several decades ago. So there's a lot of that going on. But you got to have a catalyst. And the catalyst of the show that really starts it off uh, is we have Harrison comes into town. Uh, Harrison, played by Jack Alcott. This was a great character. Uh, and obviously, this is Dexter's son. And he's coming to town and he's been on his own for this entire time because, of course, he went from foster care to foster care because we all know what happened with uh, his mom. And he's trying to reconnect with his father figure. And this is going to stir a lot of stuff in this town. But I will say, first off, the thing that really popped for me in the show is it's just the setting period. I think he's not a member of the police anymore. He's not in Miami. There was always this kind of look and vibe to everyone's dress code where he would do his apartment, you know, the way he kept his blood samples, all this kind of stuff. Now he has this cabin 
it's a very open town. There's a small town center itself, but it's like a lot of these long drives in the snow, uh, the friendliness. This is one of those small towns. Everyone knows everyone. So it's not like there's a lot of uh, secrecy, you know, overall. I just thought it really brought a new vibe, a new energy to well, how is he going to do what he does in this, you know, kind of situation. But uh, I was excited to see where it was going to go. And I did think it was a great angle to have this generational pass of Dexter's son coming in and trying to reconnect, try to have a father figure. And we see that uh, the apple does not fall very far from the tree when it comes to the dark passenger. And of course, as, as Harrison shows up, he is already uh, committed a murder and he's trying to cover up that um, he kills the son of this uh, Matt Caldwell, who's a son of this uh big name in the town who's done you know kind of one of those like legacies of Kirk Caldwell um and played by Clancy Brown who amazing great great casting choice so right when Harrison shows up to town um they're all investigating the disappearance of Matt and it brings his dad in the fold and so now he's kind of brought in this scrutiny around him and Dexter's got to try to figure out navigate okay I've got a son I've got to you know protect myself and what I thought was really interesting because I, I wasn't sure if it was going to do the same formula. You know, we've seen the previews where, you know, he's kind of getting away with murder and whatnot. I'm glad that they didn't go the route. It was like a, it was a very self-contained story and it wasn't like, oh, you know, in this, in the vein of the original series, like every episode, he at least killed like one person. It was like, this was a little bit more sloppy. And the fact that you're saying like, he doesn't have his, you know, methods at disposal and he's trying to like trying to figure this all out it was very character driven i think that was i think a very different element but yeah of the elements i mean having this in the snow and you know he's trying to brave there's a lot of incidents where people are running for their lives or trying to brave the cold i thought that was great and um it was interesting to, to just look do putting dexter in this environment really kind of breath uh a breath of fresh chill air if you will <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's always on that, like, just on that line of, like, one slip up and he's going to be caught. But somehow he does get away with a lot of stuff. Uh, and he, I love, you know, Michael C. Hall. He's so brilliant in this role. He really can play that kind of dumb character easily when he needs to. You know, he plays the dumb, just, like, bystander. Like, I don't know, must have been, uh, must have been a deer or, uh, you, know, you know, whatever the situation is. He's always trying to just play it as the general He's just the nice, you know, Jim from the store. And clearly we know that Angela, his girlfriend, is a very dedicated uh, police chief. Uh, you know, this is clearly a town where not a lot of crime goes on, even there's a lot of these missing uh, girls. But it has that nice vibe where it's like everything seems nice. Something's underneath the, you know, there's something going on underneath everything. And so, yes, the reveal that we eventually we could kind of we kind of guessed it just from the early on, even in the first couple of episodes that we're seeing that there's these girls who are, you know, they're come up on the road. They're just traveling. They're trying to get through town. They don't have a lot of money. Kurt takes a liking to them, maybe offers them some money, a place to stay. But we find out soon enough that that's uh, he's a bit of a creep. Uh, he has cameras in this room that he keeps these girls and his his the thing he gets off on is. Uh, he wants them to deny help, go ahead and leave. And then he puts on his special uh, army suit and he gets out his sniper rifle and he likes to shoot them as they run away. 
that's his uh that's his thing that's how he gets his kicks and you can really tell that just like in the former seasons where it is these kind of uh you know serial killers that there is definitely a, a method to his madness if that method is broken he gets very upset he gets very angry uh to the point where you know he can't have it be any other way so this is our big bad of this town and so i did think that there was a smart choice to have it's like the two competing monsters that know each other are monsters you know like clearly matt has been killed but Kurt is playing it off like Matt's still alive. Like, oh, yeah, we FaceTimed the other day. Clearly lying to the police. And he's trying to maybe draw out some information. All the while, Dexter is trying to, you know, figure out who is this guy. And, of course, Kurt takes a real nice liking to Harrison. Harrison, who is really desperately seeking that proper father figure. And trying to get answers to why he left and why would he fake his death. And so... Uh, which is which is great. And of course, all the while this is spawning um, Angela, chief police, her investigation that it's like, OK, I'm investigating Matt. But now this is like, you know, something shady about this Kirk guy. And like, why is he calling off the investigation? So now that's, you know, all all the red flags, everybody's investigating something, you know, <laughs> it's like the rhythmic song. Everybody's looking for something. But yeah, Harrison, you know, he's trying to fit in to school. Uh, he's getting a little more hooked up with uh, the wrestling team. Coach Logan takes a nice, uh, you know, who's also a fellow sergeant of the police force, uh, taking a liking towards him. Um, and we do kind of just think that Harrison's a nice kid until he gets his anger issues, which, of course, as uh, we find out later, you know, very much like, like father, sins of the father. Um, you know, he was born in blood just as Dexter was, you know, he had to watch his mom die. And it was something that they really couldn't explore in the series where Harris was just a little kid and a little bit, you know, so I thought that was really great to see, okay, what would a adolescent uh, Harrison look like? And I think that was, I think they couldn't really explore that if that was going to be genetically passed. Was that because they shared some experiences? So I thought that was interesting. I was excited to see that, how they played that out. But of course, uh, you know, one of the things that Dexter does do to whether he needs to attack someone, protect someone, what say you, you know, he has his skill set of ketamine, right? Is this the drug he uses to drug people before he would then uh, tie them up? And of course, he does his method of showing people what they do uh, before he kills them. Chief Bishop is trying to see a, a trend of some of the people of uh, there's been victims in the town. Uh, these drug dealers uh, that and one of the drug dealers that still is alive that Harrison got some of that at a party. And, you know, a point Dexter goes up to this guy and, and does that and starts to beat him up. He's about to be caught. So, you know, plays it off like it was just an altercation of father, angry father. But she's starting to see this pattern. And it, I will say one thing that it felt a little too easy in some ways, but I guess they had to keep the story going so that we get the angle that, Dexter Morgan is, you know, Chief Bishop's going to find out that Dexter Morgan is her boyfriend. We have this character that's running um, this podcast. This whole idea that, you know, for, for several years that no one could find out who the, the Bay Butcher was in the original series, Bay, Har Bay Harbor Butcher, right? Yeah. That in this, it's like instantly they're like, like click on one website. And it's like the Bay Harbor Butcher mystery. Like, and they found all the bags in the ocean and stuff. I'm like, it seemed a little too easy that that was just like common knowledge by then. But 
you have to imagine this is 10 years later. A lot of stuff has already advanced in terms of like finding things. And, and so I feel like they had to have that angle there in the show to push forward that, you know, obviously a big part of the season is the discovery that Dexter is still alive. And we do get that point where, you know, she sees she's she's kind of researching like what happened that whole situation not that she automatically thinks that he's the the bay harbor butcher but she sees this you know the hurricane that had happened that he had died in which i gotta say his picture for that news clipping he looked like he was a you know a prisoner <laughs> i know it's yeah. like that's the best like a mugshot that's the best picture they're getting for him i'm like okay that that's was my my id photo um but obviously the big reveal that she finds out that his real name is Dexter Morgan. And I did think though, it was a beautiful way to kind of, you know, obviously without revealing too much, this whole thing of, you know, look, my, my partner, having, you know, like my sister and, you know, all the stuff. And it's like, he just needed to get, he was like, I feel like I was cursed. Like death followed me, which in a way he, I think was a, a kind of more of a truth than he was letting on that. Like it really was something that like, he kind of felt like the, the life of Dexter Morgan was a curse. And now it's like, is that curse continuing here in this small town with my son here? You know, uh, but obviously Angela is not the happiest that uh, her boyfriend lied about who he was, but he's still kind of getting off for now. But Kurt is playing some mind games. He's trying to um, entice, you know, Harrison to be with him. And man, I will say that one scene we found out that Kurt has this like hallway of bodies. Well, basically, like tro- he's basically like mounted trophy heads of all these women. That was probably in the series of all the creepy things that Killer's done. That was probably pretty messed up. So I thought that was really good for kind of shock and awe, um, you know, value. And um, you know what? What I thought was really great is then, you know, finally. The whole time Dexter, um, Dexter and Harrison are trying to bond, but there's this because Dexter does not want to reveal who he is. It's just like it's just kind of like pushing him away, and he finally kind of like he tells them the truth in a way. He's telling all the stuff. His his son really does accept it, and there's this great moment where I think in a lot of the series Dexter's trying to find acceptance, and he tried many times to find someone like oh you're like me or something like that, and never really you know took hold. And now it's like my son and I don't have to be alone. And, but I really love the, uh, the duality where his son looks at it as a, like, oh, well, you, um, you're actually stopping bad people and you're saving more people where Dexter didn't ever look at it like that ever. He just like, this is just a means to the end. I have to kill people. That's just how I can do it and get away with it. He never thought of like, he was doing a public service. So I think it was like, wow, like I like that, you know, his, his son has darkness, but he. He chooses to like see. I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to use this these urges in a, in a really good way. I stop people that do bad things. So you're like Batman. Yeah. Uh, was a great I just line. tell. I just scare them and tell them not to. Which is <laughs> uh, yeah. Which of course they're trying to play the angle that he doesn't kill them. But then obviously Harrison catches on that like that clown guy. You to stop him. You killed him. And he's like, yeah, I did. And I did think that was great that he could kind of confide in his son and his son understood because his son clearly has a dark passenger as well. He had the urge to fake the attack on him with one of his friends that he was going to, you know, slice him instead. Obviously the wrestling match, uh, you know, he's wrestling this other kid. And at one point he breaks the kid's arm like on purpose. Um, So he knows that like, if he goes down the right, or I should say the wrong path, 
he would be just like his father. And obviously the ghost of Deborah in Dexter's head all the time is constantly being like, don't tell him. Dude, if you tell him the truth, you're going to put him down the same path that you are. And it did lead to, I think, this whole like finale sequence of <clears throat> obviously because they've seen that Kurt was, uh, you know, this threat. And he's like, uh, seeing all these bodies, Harrison understands that they have to go finish Kurt off. And they do manage to get Kurt. They kill Kurt and showing him how to dispose the bodies, you know, like this is what you have to do. And again, it's kind of like a for being like a dark moment because they just murdered someone and they're doing this, you know, cutting him up on the stuff. It's still a bonding moment where you're kind of like, that's kind of sweet that, you know, for these messed up people that have this thing in them, they're kind of finding this bond. But again, Angela's, you know, they get back home and they see that Kurt or they, they don't know who, but we saw that Kurt had burned down their entire cabin. And not with kind of leaving that part in gift where you think you get away with a scot-free. Uh, earlier, he, he had sent one of, we find out that Matt the had these screws because of um, altercation earlier. Um, that was when he tried to dispose of the body. He can't dispose of titanium that easily. So then Angela's like, oh, and she's put all the pieces together miraculously. And so she, it all comes to head and she confronts Dexter and places him under arrest where, and then she's like, I know who you are. And so we have this really thing. And this is like here in our final episode, like, how is this going to, how is this going to end? Like what, what is, you know, is he finally going to get his comeuppance? Yeah. Is he going to face justice? He's going to escape. And, you know, again with Harrison, you know, we've had a few flashbacks of John Lithgow as the Trinity killer. And we do have uh, a little cameo role in, uh, in two episodes of, uh, Angel Batista back and having this phone call of, you know, Dexter Morgan, he died a long time ago. It's like, you know, sends a picture of the two of them. And Angel's like, when was this photo taken? It was like last month. And it's like, holy crap, Dexter's still alive. So clearly now Angel wants to come investigate. That was the one thing I think was a flaw of the, of the series uh, of this finale of this episode uh, was that we never got to see it would have been nice to, even if it was a small, just a moment of Angel seeing Dexter in person one more time. But Dexter clearly understands that he can't just stay in prison. Imagine him with his dark passenger in prison. Uh, you know, he would he would get to Florida. He would get the death penalty. You know, it's like yeah, it's it's a self preservation, but also he's like, I really now I do need to protect my son. I don't want to like be in prison. I don't want to be gone from his life. I need to I need to be there for him. And it was smart of Dexter to be like, here, I'll tell you off camera. Go to this area, go to Kurt's place, go 100 you know, yards out. You're going to see some real evil. So he's really doing his best to try to pin the whole thing was a setup on Kurt. But even that, he feels like is not going to be enough. So he manages to bait Logan over. He kills him, which was really dark. <laughs> My fiance and I were like, what is he gonna do now? Like, there's no way we're. You know, it's like you're you're screwed, dude. Yeah. But he manages to meet up with Harrison, and we understand that him and Harrison are gonna they're just gonna peace out. They're gonna leave. And this was the moment, really, of the episode where I saw I could tell it was the right choice for the character for the show. That Harrison understands that although they did a good deed of killing Kurt. It's like he's gotten away with it for so long. He's killed a lot of people. And this is not the right path. 
Well, and he was killing all these bad people, but he's like, you just killed this guy. He, he like nothing. And a lot throughout the series. Yeah, you killed my coach. Yeah, Dexter ended up killing after kind of season four. There was a lot, or several times, he killed people that didn't meet the code, that were just innocent victims, and and just people that, you know, he he really kind of killed. Sometimes just it was not about to stop bad people. It was just he had to kill people to preserve his life. That his like. Uh, survival is more important than anything. I just, I can't get caught. I have to, you know, get away with this. And so Harrison aims his rifle that he got as a uh, Christmas gift from his dad. And Dexter's, you know, like opens his chest a little bit. You know, he's like, you know, given a symbol, like, let's do it. And Harrison does indeed kill Dexter. He kills his father. It's such a beautiful moment because we get a flashback of all the people that I think Dexter finally like had this moment of like, this is the only way to stop this. I can't just get, I can't just be in seclusion that this is going to continue. And you have a great shot of all the other people that were affected from LaGuardia to Dokes to his wife, Rita and Deb. I thought that was a very beautiful shot. Cause it was like one of those very big moments of clarity that he actually like, I love my son. And this is, this is the only way it's going to end. And then Angela shows up, hands Harrison a little bit of money and goes, I never saw you. And you know, go. And then she's on the police. You know, there was been a, a, a shooting and everything. And so Harrison takes off with a truck, a little bit of money, and he's leaving this all behind. Uh, and, of course, that great shot where he's kind of driving away and then a bunch of police are coming the opposite way to go you know, towards to. And that's the end of Dexter. And I do think it was uh, the right choice. You know, I, I the way the first few minutes of the finale was going, I was like, is this series going to end with Harrison killing someone uh, maybe to have them escape? You know, there were, there were talks about, we could go to Los Angeles. I was like, are they going to go, you know, now Dexter in LA, is it going to be a whole new show? But no, it's like we, as much as we love this character, as much as Michael C. Hall is so brilliant in this character, I don't think any more would have served, you know, that properly. If it would just been like, let's go to a whole new city and let's, Let's have a whole new life of killing people, father and son. You know, I don't think it would have worked as well. I think it was a smarter choice to have Harrison kind of see the light that this is not the right thing. Now, of course, because he still has his dark passenger, you know, who knows what Harrison's going to get up to. They technically could continue the show if they wanted to with Harrison. I don't think it would have the same appeal because it doesn't have Michael C. Hall, but you could then have Michael C. Hall, very much like Deborah, be this ghost figure haunting, you know, Harrison. So, like, they still could do more if they wanted to, you know, in the future. If they would, maybe it'd be cool. I don't know. I thought it just, it had a really cool aesthetic. The whole setting in this, like, snowy place, uh, the small town vibe. It had some really good creepy moments, great casts, and... It was fun to see this character again, kind of in a new light and as more of a father figure trying to find this connection with the son and ultimately realizing at the end of the day that he needed to be put down. Well, and, and how many times can you get a chance to redo a past mistake of a finale? I thought this is a really great trend. I'd like to see where, hey, they didn't end that series well. Is there a way we can go back in the world? And I thought, hey, great for Michael C. Hall and Clyde Phillips did a great job, I think doing one there um again highlights to a lot of the characters again there was a couple of faults where they kind of there was a little missed opportunities with some things of certain characters um 
you know, you got this, this billionaire character who's, you think he's the bad guy, and then we don't hear from him again. Yeah, we never saw him again, yeah. Yeah, and like you said, the Batista moment, I thought there was going to be some more. There was some fun Easter eggs where you can see his email and, you know, got Joey Quinn and Masuka and stuff. And there was some great references to the original material. I did like, though, how they ended it with that letter that he wrote to Hannah. So there were some moments, but uh, overall, I was fairly well satisfied with how this ended. And we hope you enjoyed this, too, especially for fans of the original series or maybe going into this for the first time. Hey, maybe you've never seen any Dexter and you're just catching up 10 years of material. (laughs) But uh, you can enjoy this now streaming on Showtime, uh, Showtime app as well. I'll go see the reruns now. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Potential Podcast or on Twitter at the Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email. The Potential Podcast at Yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.